Welcome to Rema Faith Radio. God, through the ages, through the years, now began to look at how am I going to fix this situation? How am I going to help man and redeem man? You see, God assumed the liabilities of Adam's transgression. God decided, yes, he has messed up. Yes, man has committed high treason, but I love him so much. And I'm going to go out of my way and I'm going to buy him back. I'm going to redeem him. I'm going to ransom him. Welcome to Rema Faith Radio. Today, we begin a new series on the seven most important things about divine healing. Good day, everyone. Welcome once again to our broadcast. And um, we'll be starting a new series today. We'll take our time to teach along these lanes. And what we're talking about is seven most important things about divine healing. Seven most important things about divine healing. Let's start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you because you're our Father and you're a good Father. Thank you because the entrance of your words giveth light and it gives understanding to the simple. Our minds are open. Our spirits are receptive. We trust that by your spirit, you will open up your word to our spirits and we won't be hearers of the word alone, but we'll be doers of the same. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Like I said, we're starting a new series in our broadcast today. And what we're looking at is seven most important things about divine healing. So today we're going to start with one of them, the first of them, and that is this. Healing is always God's will for the sick because it is in his redemptive plan. I'll say that again. Healing is always God's will for the sick because it is in his redemptive plan. When we talk about the plan of redemption, we're talking about that plan that brought mankind back, redeemed mankind away from the clutches and the hold of the adversary. In Isaiah chapter 53, Isaiah 53, I'll read verses 4 and 5. It says here that surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Now this is Isaiah prophesying hundreds of years before Jesus ever showed up on the earth. And it was talking about the fact that Jesus was going to die not only for the sins of mankind, but also for our sicknesses. Now the word, the Old Testament originally was translated, uh, it was in the Hebrew language from where it was translated to the English language. It was originally written in Hebrew. The word griefs in Isaiah 53, 4, surely he has borne our griefs. That word literally in the Hebrew means sicknesses or diseases. And the word sorrows, where it says, and carried our sorrows, that word sorrows in the Hebrew literally means pains. So the literal rendering of this verse or these two verses is, surely he has borne our sicknesses and diseases and carried our pains. 
Yet, we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement or the punishment that brought us peace, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. So these scriptures let us know clearly that in the great plan of redemption, which God the Father planned and sent his son, the Lord Jesus, to consummate, it not only includes the new birth for the human spirit, the remission of our sins, as well as the forgiveness of sins, it also includes healing for the physical body. Now, the thing is this. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. We cannot believe beyond actual knowledge. The measure of our faith is the measure of our knowledge of the word of God. In Romans 10, 17, the Bible says, So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So we could put it like this, that the word of God is the basis of faith. The word of God is the foundation of faith. Faith begins where the will of God is known. And we cannot believe beyond actual knowledge. The greatest problem that people, sick people have when it comes to receiving healing is that they are not sure that God wants them well. Somewhere at the back of their minds, there's this thought that maybe God is trying to use this to teach me a lesson. Maybe God has some special reason in why he's made me sick. Listen, God doesn't have any special reason in making you sick. God didn't make you sick. God has no hand in that sickness. God has no hand in that disease. Healing is always the will of God, without exception, for every single person. You know, sometimes people say, you guys, you say healing is always God's will for the sick. But how come not everybody is healed? You guys, you say healing is always God's will for the sick. But I know such, such and such. He was an anointed man of God. He died at age 55. He had a heart attack. You say healing is always God's will for the sick. How come in your meetings, it's not every single sick person who is healed? Well, I don't dispute that that man was a great man who loved God, who died young, maybe 55, maybe even younger, maybe a little older. I don't dispute that those things might have happened. But you see, that does not negate the word of God. We must esteem and exalt the word of God above anybody's experience, above our own experience. Now, the word of God should be experienced by us, but the word of God must come first. It's just like saying, well, we say salvation is God's will for everybody. How come everybody is not saved? That's the same thing. Because the same redemptive work that made salvation, the new birth of the human spirit available, is the same redemptive work that made healing available. Now, is every single sinner saved? No, some aren't saved. You know, I'm talking vitally now. Legally, salvation belongs to every sinner in the world. But not every sinner has received their, their salvation. Why is that the case? Maybe because they don't know about that salvation. Or because they heard it preached, but they did not act upon it to appropriate it. Is every single sinner who comes to an evangelistic meeting saved? No. Is every single sinner who visits a church service 
born again? No. There are people who have been going to church for years and many of them are still not saved. Does that mean salvation is not God's will for them? It doesn't. The word of God lets us know that the new birth is God's will for everybody. But not everybody has it. In the same way, healing is God's will for everybody. Whether everybody receives it or doesn't receive it. But you see, it is in that great plan of redemption. It is in God's great plan of redemption. Surely, he has borne our griefs. He has borne our sicknesses and carried our sorrows, carried our pains. Yet, we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. We didn't realize it was our sicknesses and our diseases that he was carrying. We thought God was afflicting him, but that God was just punishing him. But you see, it was our punishment that he was taking on himself. Jesus was not a martyr. Jesus was our substitute. He died in our stead. He suffered in our place. Now, um, if we read in verse 10 of that same Isaiah 53, it says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Now, incidentally, in that 10th verse, where it says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, he hath put him to grief. He hath put him to grief there, literally in the Hebrew text, actually says he has made him sick. So you see, it wasn't what the angry mob did. It wasn't what the Roman soldiers did. It was what God himself did. God took our sicknesses. God took our diseases. God laid them upon the spirit of his son. Just like he laid our sin nature as well as our sins upon Jesus. Jesus' physical body was broken for our physical sustenance. His body was broken, was battered, was bruised so that our bodies can stay intact. He suffered in our stead. He suffered in our place. He took our sicknesses. He bore our diseases. Now, the word born and um, carried, incidentally, Isaiah 53, 4, where it says, surely he hath borne our griefs. That same word that was used for born our griefs there is also used in verse 12 of Isaiah 53, where it says, therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. You see, that same word that says he bare the sin of many is what was used when he says he bore our sicknesses and diseases. So the same way he took our sin nature is the way he took our diseases. He was our substitute. God laid it on him. God dealt it on him. We know what happened in the Garden of Eden. God made man. He made him in his image after his likeness. Gave Adam dominion over all the works of his hands. Then God told his man, Adam, of all the fruit of the trees in the garden, you may freely eat. But the tree of knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of it. In the day you eat of it, in dying, you will die. In dying spiritually, you will die physically. That's how it is in the literal Hebrew text. In dying, you will die. Genesis 2.17. But you see, Adam didn't did the unthinkable. 
He committed high treason. He disobeyed God. He ate the fruit. And when he did that, he got separated from God. And then the sin nature came into man's spirit. He became spiritually dead. He became shut away from God. He no longer had a right to God's presence. He no longer had a right to approach God. He was caught away, cut off from God. And he became a child of sin and a subject of Satan. God, through the ages, through the years, now began to look at how am I going to fix this situation? How am I going to help man and redeem man? You see, God assumed the liabilities of Adam's transgression. God decided, yes, he has messed up. Yes, man has committed high treason, but I love him so much. And I'm going to go out of my way and I'm going to buy him back. I'm going to redeem him. I'm going to ransom him. I'm going to break Satan's hold over him. I'm going to make it possible for that sin nature that is now in his spirit to be eradicated so that man may once again become a child of God, come in fellowship with God. So that's what Isaiah 53 was talking about. It is a prophecy about the coming Messiah, how he was going to take our sins, how he was going to take our diseases. Now, when he says, surely he has borne our griefs, I said the word born there is the same word that was used in verse 12 of Isaiah 53, where it says he shall bear the sin of many. And then it says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Now, that word that was used, the Hebrew word carried in Isaiah 53, 4, is also the word used in Isaiah 53, 11, where it says he shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. The word carried, the Hebrew word carried here, is the same Hebrew word that was translated bear their iniquities. So in the same way he bore our iniquities, is the same way that he carried our pains. He took it as our substitute. He took it in our stead. He took it in our place. Why? So that we won't have to bear those things. So that we won't have to suffer those things. Now, bore and carried are actually uh, words that were speaking about redemption, speaking about substitution. In Leviticus chapter 16, Leviticus 16, we see the same words used talking about the great day of atonement. And how the scapegoat was um, going to be killed. Another animal, there were going to be two goats. Lots were going to be cast. And then one of them will be slaughtered. The high priest, after offering a sin offering for himself, will now take the blood of that animal into the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle and sprinkle it on the mercy seat. Then the other one, he will lay hands on it and confess the sins of Israel on that other one. And then it was to be taken in the hands of a fit man to a land not inhabited. Now in Leviticus 16 verse 22, it says, And the goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities unto a land not inhabited, and he shall let go the goat in the wilderness. You see, the word here that says he shall bear upon him their iniquities, it's the same word, the exact same word, talking about how he took 
our sicknesses, how he took our diseases. It denotes actual substitution. He was our substitute. He was our substitute. He died in our place. He suffered in our stead. And the reason he did is so that we won't have to suffer those things today. So if you are not the sound of my voice, watching this uh, broadcast or listening to this broadcast, this is what I want you to know. Healing is the will of God for you. God does not want you sick. God wants you well. Not just that, he has actually made provision already for your healing. And what's the provision that God has made? He laid your sicknesses on Jesus. He laid your diseases on Jesus. I'm so glad I got a hold of these truths. I began to see them actually in 1983, you know, about Jesus, this Isaiah 53, the fact that with the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. I began to see that. Now, when I saw this truth, did I immediately start walking in health? No. I had challenges with sickness. I had a lot of issues with uh, physical conditions, a lot of health challenges. My father worked in a hospital. My mother worked in the same hospital. I was in that hospital myself so much to see different doctors to the extent that some people may have thought maybe I worked there. But you see, I wasn't working there. I just was sick. But then I began to see these things about the fact that healing belongs to me in Christ. I began to see these things about the fact that Jesus is actually my substitute, that he bore my sicknesses, that he carried my diseases in the same way he took my sins. I began to see from Isaiah 53 that healing is God's will for me because it is in his redemptive plan. It is in that plan of redemption. And guess what happened? I began to speak God's word over my body, believing it in my heart, speaking it with my mouth, with the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. I stand my ground on the word of God. I refuse to permit sickness. I refuse to permit disease. I take hold of the healing that belongs to me. And you know what happened? Within a couple of years, I started working in health. And I just discovered that the frequency with which I used to get sick became, uh, it wasn't as regular as it used to be. Until a time came, I went for six months and I hadn't had malaria. I went for one year, I hadn't had any condition whatsoever. Until the time came, it was five years and I hadn't needed any form of medication. Ten years and 15 years and 20 years and much more than that. Now, what made the difference in my body? It was the word of God. It was the fact that I saw that Jesus took away not only my sins, but also he took away my diseases. Listen, he didn't only take away my diseases. He took yours away as well. Now, you may be sick in your body right now. You may be battling different conditions. I want you to know that there is help for you. I want you to know that healing is God's will for you. I want you to know that God wants you well. God wants you well. Thank God for medical doctors. Thank God for medical science. See, the medical doctors are fighting the same devil the preacher is fighting. The, while the medical science uses natural methods, the preacher uses spiritual methods. But we believe in both methods. Amen. Proverbs chapter 18 in verse 9, 
the latter part of the verse from the Amplified Classic Translation. It says, he that does not use his endeavors to heal himself is brother to him that commits suicide. I tell people all the time, if you need medical help, go get it. I don't put yourself in bondage about that. Amen. Sometimes the drugs could help keep people alive until their faith can take hold of their healing. So I'm not knocking medical science. Now, there's been a COVID-19 uh, pandemic in the whole world in the past months. There are natural precautions that we've been advised by government officials to take. Yeah, the fact that we walk by faith, does it mean that we shouldn't take those precautions? No, we should take those precautions. That's just good practical wisdom. But this is my point. Our faith should stay in the word of God. And God's word lets us know, Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, surely, certainly, notice it doesn't say maybe he took our infirmities. No, it says surely he has borne, he has borne our griefs. He bore them on the cross and carried our sorrows. He carried them. Why did he carry them? So we won't have to carry them. So we won't have to carry those diseases. So we won't have to carry those pains. You see, God is a good God. He is a very loving father and he wants us well. So surely he has borne our sicknesses and diseases and carried our pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Verse 5 says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. You see, we thought it was God just afflicting him. Whereas it was our transgressions that he was wounded because of. He was suffering because of us. You see, when Jesus was nailed on that cross, those that looked on him thought, oh, this fellow, he must be despised of God. He must be rejected of men too. He's rejected of men. A man of sorrows, acquainted with disease. That's what they thought of him. They said, he's stricken of God. He's smitten of God. He's afflicted. And yes, he was. But it was our transgressions that caused him to be wounded. It was our iniquities that caused him to be bruised. The punishment that brought us peace. And that word peace is the word shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. The punishment that brought us shalom was upon him. And with his stripes... We are healed. The word stripes, it's the uh, uh, a Hebrew word. And that Hebrew word actually means bruise, a singular bruise. So you see, it wasn't what the people did. It, was what, it wasn't what the Roman soldiers did. It wasn't what the angry mob did. It was God that bruised him. God took our sicknesses. God took our pains. And God laid them upon Jesus so that we can be free from them. I'm going to pray for you in a bit. No matter what condition you're suffering from, no matter how long-standing the condition has been, listen, today is the day of your healing. God wants you well. Put your hand where that condition is. You see, ministering to people like this, I've seen people healed of various ailments, ailment, ailments, illnesses. I've seen so many people healed. Just by the power of God's word, through the teaching of God's word. Amen. I'm going to pray for you in the name of Jesus, right where you are. And the power of God is going to touch you. And listen, this is your day. Today is your day. You say, after 
The prayer, what do I do? Just keep thanking God because you're healed. Just continue to confess that with the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. According to Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, Jesus took my sicknesses. Jesus bore my diseases. With the stripes he took, healing his mind. Thank you, Father, because I'm healed. That's what I need you to keep doing after we are prayed. Continue to believe and to speak the word of God. All right, praying for you right now. Father, I thank you for your great plan of redemption that you planned and sent your son, the Lord Jesus, to consummate. Thank you because it includes not only the new birth of our spirits, but also healing for our physical bodies. Thank you for those under the sound of my voice right now who are suffering with various ailments, sicknesses, diseases, some long-standing, chronic conditions, some acute conditions. You know what each person is suffering from. You know what each person is uh, battling with. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak to sicknesses. I speak to diseases in the bodies of these ones. And I say, be healed now in Jesus' name. So that's it. Begin to thank him because you are healed. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to Rema Faith Radio, brought to you by the partners and friends of Rema Nigeria. We offer training in God's Word and in the things of the Spirit for victorious Christian living and success and fulfilling ministry. Go to RemaNigeria.com to find out more on how to become a student or partner of Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria. Please call 081-01-166836. The number again, 081-01-166836. Kenneth Higgins Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria is here just for you.